And it's always fun when we get to catch up with Brent Hubbs of AllQuest.com as he joins us for this hour. Brent, how are you? I'm doing well. Hope you guys are doing well. Yes, sir. And Tennessee getting back after it. The volunteers come off their open date. How important do you think this open date was for this team at this time? Oh, I think it was huge. Uh, You know, this is a team that was um, beat up in a lot of areas. I think the opportunity to get uh, your original starting five on your offensive line back for only the the third game this season, when you think about it. I mean, and when they they put that line back together uh, against uh, Florida, it was clear that Cooper Mays was not 100%. He may not be 100% now, but he's definitely going to be better than he was when he tried to play that night in, in Florida. So, uh, I think it's big for those guys up front. I, I think probably as much as you talk about the offensive line being better, I think getting a healthy Tyron, Tyon Evans is just of a, a, a big importance for Tennessee and a big deal for Tennessee. And that's not a knock on Jabari Greer or, I mean, Jabari Small, but mm-hmm. um, I, I just feel like that, that Tyon Evans is better back. I mean, I just think he's more dynamic. Uh, I, I think Jabari runs hard. I think he does a lot of things well, but – to, to me, Jabari's five-yard runs, that, that has a chance to be an eight-yard run for Tylen or, 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 or an eight-yard run and a 12-yard run. I just think he's got a little more dynamics to it. And you can rotate those guys now, right? You can, you can get them back to a one-two punch because Jabari's going to be better. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they weren't that beat up to the point people were out, but they were beat up because so many guys had played so many snaps. So to get those guys' legs back, I, I think it comes as a, a, a physically at a really good time now. Mentally, how does this team handle it? We'll see because, you know, we're regimented. Some of us are regimented people, right? You get in a groove and you get rolling and, and you just kind of stay in that groove. Your, your groove got knocked out. And so can you bounce right back this week mentally? Sounds like they've done a good job of that, but we won't know for sure until Saturday night. If you have a question or comment for Brent, 656-9900, star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Brent's appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. From design to installation, the team at Diversified has you covered. View their portfolio online at sunandscreen.com. Brent, for about... uh... 360 days, I was favoring Kentucky <laughs> over Tennessee. Then I watched Kentucky against Mississippi State. The Wildcats got beat on the line of scrimmage on offense and defense, and their and their secondary got picked apart. It's changed my tune on the direction of this game and Tennessee's opportunity. What do you think of Tennessee against Kentucky? Well, you know, with Tennessee, I just have a hard time seeing Kentucky score. And keep pace if Tennessee can get going offensively. Now to get going, you got to you know you got to make first downs and get your tempo going. Kentucky's not really played tempo this year against anybody. Um, it's a Kentucky team that has clearly been better at home in in the big games than they have been on the road. Uh, I think the Georgia game out because I think Georgia's just the class. They're so much better than everybody else. So I don't look at that. But you know it's the Kentucky team that did not play particularly well at South Carolina. Obviously Mississippi State. Uh, they they played much better um, at home against you know Florida and LSU in, in particular LSU, um, but but I just it's hard for me to look at Kentucky and say man they're going to be able to put up a bunch of points um, now and, and it's hard for me to look at Tennessee and say they're going to get shut out or they're going to get really shut down because Tennessee's had the ability to score against everybody you know I mean they they scored points against Alabama and, and they couldn't run the ball they still scored points against Alabama so. Uh, and the other thing, too, that I, I think has gone a little bit unnoticed with Alex Golish and Josh Heupel and the offensive play calling, 
because everybody sees the big play and the splash play, you talk about that. You know what I'm saying? You had 21 plays of 30 yards or more. Uh, I think something like 12 of those plays have been touchdowns. Um, they've also been willing to play patient. They, they've also been more patient on offense than, than, than probably given credit for. Go back to that first game of the season. Everybody's ready, right? Throw it over their heads, throw it over their heads. Bowling Green plays off coverage. Tennessee opens the game first two drives. They raise up, throw it out pattern. Just throw it quick. Okay? Nice move, right? Then they changed their coverage, and Tennessee couldn't capitalize with, with the deep stuff. But then you go forward to, like, the South Carolina game, right? Here's South Carolina comes out. What do they do the opening series? A lot of off coverage, a lot of bail coverage. Let's keep the ball in front of us. We're not going to give up the home run. Tennessee goes 66 yards in 13 plays. Took four and a half minutes off the clock, which is the most un-Tennessee thing ever, right, in this offense. But the fact that this coaching staff adjusts to playing that way is something that I like because I don't think they are pigeonholed as one thing, like shot, you know, shot play, shot play, shot play. It's, it's, if it's there, they're going to take it. But if you're going to take that away, which is what Kentucky wants to do, Jimmy, if you're going to take that away, Tennessee's been pretty comfortable with raising it up and throwing it out there, throwing it underneath, let somebody break a tackle. It doesn't have to travel 35, 40 yards in the air for Tennessee every play the way I think the reputation of it is. So that's the other thing that I kind of like Tennessee in this matchup too because offensively I think they can play against Kentucky's scheme if Kentucky's going to keep the ball in front of them. Certainly that's what they did against Mississippi State. Yeah. And, and Mike Leach said, really? We'll play seven on seven. I'm good. I mean, that's essentially what that game turned into when you look at it was a seven-on-seven football game. Yeah. And um, if that's the way that, that Kentucky wants to play, I think Tennessee can play maybe not 36 of 39, but I, I think Tennessee can be effective in playing that style of football. And there were a lot of holes in that secondary, and then Kentucky also missed 21 tackles on top of that, which hurt them. Um, third down defense for Tennessee. It's been <laughs> awful the last two games. Alabama, yeah. Ole Miss. Uh, I would think that would be a key against Kentucky. No, there's no doubt. And and, and it's been really bad on third and seven plus yeah. when you look at that number. Because, I mean, you said coming into the year, Tennessee's going to give up yards. Okay? So you gotta, when you get in a red zone, you've got to force field goals. Then the other thing everybody, all of us said, when you got a chance to get off the field, you better get off the field because they're going to have a hard time stopping the run, we thought. So you didn't want a team in third and two, third and three. So get them in third and seven plus and get yourself to get a chance to get off the field. Man, they've been there the last two weeks, and they just haven't got off the field enough. I, I know everybody talks about the offense going fast and how that can hurt the defense and leave them on the field. Tim Banks, the defense, got to help themselves out and get off the field because they had had ample opportunities to do that the last two ball games and haven't done a very good job of that. Um, now, you face the quarterback that doesn't run as well. He will run it. Okay, Will, will Levis will run it, but – He's he's going to try to run over you instead of run around you or, or break your ankles the way Matt Corral did and, and uh, the, the way um, you know uh, the, the Alabama did as well. He so, runs like Tyson Hill. Yeah, he does. I mean, he, he's going to he's going to run right at you and try to run over you. I mean, he, he doesn't have a ton of wiggle about it, but neither does neither does Kenny Pickett. And Kenny Pickett had two huge third down scrambles in that pit game, and one of them. At the end of the first half, cost Tennessee a touchdown. You get a stop mm-hmm. right there. You know, different ball game in the second half because you get a stop. Tennessee has to have some lane gap integrity, whatever phrase you want to use, contain whatever. They cannot let the quarterback slip out the back door on third and eight and scramble nine yards for a first down. They just cannot let that happen to them Saturday night. Let's get a call from Steve. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Steve. Hey, fellas. Hey. Hey. 
Brent, uh, how do you think our defensive line matches up with Kentucky's offensive line? Well, I mean, I think Kentucky's offensive line's good. They're experienced. They're big. They're physical. Um, so I, I don't. I'm not discrediting Kentucky's offensive line in any way. I'll say this: I think Tennessee's defensive line to date has held their own against everybody they played. Mm-hmm. Right. Should should they hold their own, Jimmy, against everybody they play? I don't. I don't know that they should be, but they are, and that's a credit to Rodney Garner, and that's a credit to schematically what what Tim Banks has been doing. They. That, that defensive line's been been good. I mean, you know, their biggest downfall is third down scrambles, right? They've had a hard time with that, but they've been really good against the run. Um, th- th- you know, you'd like for them to be able to get home with pressure with their front four more than they have, uh, but I think they kind of they are who they are in, in that regard. Uh, but I think Kentucky's offensive line is pretty good. Um, I'm surprised at how they played last week, Jimmy. Kentucky's offensive line. I think Mississippi State's defense is underrated. I think it's been that way for a couple of years because it's all about Leach and the air raid and all this stuff. I think their defensive coordinator is a pretty good coach. He's yeah. done a nice job there. But I thought they I thought they handled Kentucky up front. Their front forward was, was as good as anybody has been against Kentucky's front five with the exception of Georgia. Kentucky only had 66 rushing yards. Yeah, it's crazy to me. Now, I, they're banged up at running back, but, but they were – there just wasn't a lot there. I mean, it was pretty clear that Mississippi State said, you're not going to run the football on us, and we'll see what you can do throwing the football, but we're not going to let you get balanced that way and get going running the football. And um, they, they, they shut Kentucky down as much as anybody, again, other than Georgia. But, I mean, Kentucky's had some games where they've run the football really well, and um, LSU being one of them. And um, Mississippi State said, no, it's not going to happen. And Tennessee's done a good job stopping the run this year. Okay. Well, okay, guys. All right, Thanks Steve. A lot. Thank you. Six five six ninety nine hundred is how you join us. Six five six ninety nine hundred. If you have a question or comment for Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. As Sports Talk today is at Land Rover Knoxville, ten two fifteen Parkside Drive. Back to the phones we go. It's Jeremy who joins us. Hi, Jeremy. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thanks. Hey, Brian, I got two uh, questions. The first one for recruiting. Uh, since the investigation is over and Tennessee looks like that they're going to go or they're not going to uh, do the self-bowl uh, ban, um, and plus with, with that now coming out and the fact that you are, if you win this Saturday, you're competitive against Georgia, and then you win out, you know, you could tell recruits that, you know, you're only a few plays away from, you know, with the old Miss and Pittsburgh game from being, what, a 9-3 and three football team. Do you think that has any weight on the 2022 class? Well, I mean, I, it, you know, the, the biggest thing you have, as opposed to the however many plays away you are and all those things, you, you can finally answer that question, okay? When, 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 when parents and kids ask you questions about, you know, the investigation. And, and, and certainly other schools were using the bowl thing against Tennessee and throwing out there that Tennessee was going to, you know, get a multi-year bowl ban and all those things. The other thing that they were using is this, this kind of this angle. It must be really bad. They're, they're, they've been investigating for a year. They're still inve- like they're still talking to people about this thing a year into it. I mean, they're just scratching the surface of how bad this thing's going to be, you know. 
And now you have a counter back to that. Where you're going, it's over. We're done investigating. Okay, now we, we know the NCAA is not done, so don't misunderstand what I mean by the word over. Mm-hmm. But, but no longer is Tennessee in conjunction with, with the Glazier Group um, and, and that, that firm out in Kansas. They're not traveling around the country trying to find people to talk to, finally. <laughs> you know, So I, I think that part for, for some parents and for some people is pretty significant. Okay, because one of the things was, yes, you know, teams were throwing out, they're going to get a four-year bowl ban or a three-year bowl ban. Well, that's not very realistic. There's not precedent for that. But the other thing they were hearing out there that that schools were using was, it's bad. It's really bad. I mean, it's so bad. They're a month, they're they're a year into looking into this thing, and and they're not done. You know, they spent over a million dollars trying to investigate their own, you know, problem, digging into their own problems. It's really bad. So I think that part of it, particularly with some parents, can carry some weight. Does it make a big deal in the 22s? I don't know, eight weeks from signing day or whatever the number is we're we're at right now. Uh, Hard. I mean, I don't know what Caden Pope's going to do. You know, that's an undecided guy. I'm not sure where Tennessee's going to be at with him. I think for, like, the Wade twins who are committed to Kentucky, some people have asked, does winning against Kentucky matter or anything? I think the only way they would listen to Tennessee is if it looked like Mark Stoops was going to leave. If something got serious with him, then they might open some things up. But I don't, I don't know about that. Walter Nolan's scheduled to go to Texas A&M again this week. How can you not say that A&M's in the lead? I mean, for Tennessee to, you know, to get there, they, they've got to get him on campus for an unofficial and then an official visit to try to get that one. I mean, this is three trips in five weeks or six weeks to College Station. He's clearly filling some Texas A&M at, the, at this point. Um, so I, I don't know how many 22s there are to flip, but it certainly helps, and, and it gives you an answer to the question for the 23s and 24s out there that, that, that have been asking those questions as well. I mean, to, it's, this, is a big, this is a big moment. This is big news for Josh Heupel because, you know, instead of saying, hey, trust us in the process, he can now tangibly say we're done the investigative part. There's no bowl ban. Well, that doesn't mean the NCAA can't come back and give them a bowl ban. Sure. But it's, but, but I, and I would be shocked if Tennessee were to say, we'll do a bowl ban the next year. So right. Tennessee will not self-impose anything. You have to wait to see what the NCAA says. Right. And, and, and here's the thing with the NCAA, okay? And, and I know a lot of people are talking about what happened with Oklahoma State, which to me is a mind-boggling decision that they've made. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that, that's a case that's five years old, Okay. When when is the NCAA even going to look at this case for Tennessee? And when they get to that point, what what does the infractions committee look like? And more importantly, what is the process of ruling on infractions look like? I mean, you've got legislation out there that's calling for a faster due process. You've got a lot of stuff on committees out there, Jimmy, talking. And I know you're aware of this that that are talking about, hey, we need to have plan. We need to have hard rules in place that says you're not punishing student athletes who were not involved it's not fair to punish a whole team of a group of guys who were not involved in something which is what the, the which is why the oklahoma state thing is a head scratcher at this point but there, there's a real movement for that and i don't think that movement's going to go away in fact the oklahoma state ruling may enhance that movement a little bit so we don't know what it's going to look like from an ncaa standpoint whenever they get to the tennessee thing if 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 they stay on the pace that they're going at right now it's going to be three to five years before it ever gets there. Now, now the, to play the devil's advocate on that, the NCAA supposedly was apprised every step of the way, so they don't have to conduct their own investigation. 
So maybe that expedited. Maybe you're not waiting three or four years. Maybe, yeah. And that's a maybe. Right. But. Maybe not, you know. Um, but but my, my response, and, and I agree with you, why not go ahead and do it now? If you know everything, what, what are you waiting on? Well, maybe they will in two weeks. I mean, I don't know. But maybe uh, they will. Yeah. I wouldn't bet on it. I, I wouldn't bet on that but, one. No. And then they don't. They meet arbitrarily. Who right. Knows yeah, I mean, every, meet, every so. third Tuesday of the fourth month on a leap year, uh, yeah. They get together and, and talk about things. So, I mean, full moon. You, you know, it, it, the fact is you're right. I mean, they may come back and say something sooner rather than later, okay? But I, I, I don't get the impression Tennessee feels like that's likely to happen. Um, and, 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 again, what what the process looks like to me is going to be really, in, in the coming months and years, is going to be pretty fascinating with, with where the, the direction of the NCAA in the direction of, of individual conferences, and I mean, listen, you got legislation involved. You got a lot of things getting involved here. You got more committees being, you know, gathered together. This committee, that committee, and everything else coming up. There, there's a real, you know, look into: Are we doing this the right way? Are we being fair? You, you can't sit there and say you're all about the student athlete, okay? And this is the hard part that 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 they have they, they won't answer to, but they should answer to. With Oklahoma State, you can't sit here and say it's about the the student athlete experience, okay? And then come back and punish a group of guys that the bulk of them were, you know, freshmen, sophomores in high school. Some of them were even in middle school when when Oklahoma's Oklahoma State's transgression went about. I don't know how how Oklahoma handled everything. I know what they said in the press conference. Obviously, wasn't there uh, with everything, but but it seems like it's a a, a bit of a. Um, it doesn't add up, I guess is what I'm saying. The NCAA has always punished innocent people. I think those days are coming to an end. Yeah, I think, and they should, okay? And, and I disagree with what Pat Forty wrote today, okay? and, and I didn't uh, see that way right. He, he wrote basically that the Oklahoma, kid, Oklahoma State kids don't have anybody to blame but themselves because they signed with a school that was under investigation. Hmm. No, no, Know what's going on before you sign there. Um, and, and I just don't think that that's – um, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's fair to suggest and say that that kid, you know, at 17 years old, should have understood that this was even a remote possibility. So if that's the case, I mean, who do you sign with, right? I mean, it seems like everybody's. I mean, every year somebody's self-reporting something, right? Um, so I, I just I, I think that's a little much to to. That's a little bit of a too hot of a take for me. I disagree with his take on that one. I see what the point he's trying to make, but th- the suggestion that, okay, so nobody's supposed to sign with Kansas, nobody's supposed to sign with Auburn, nobody's supposed to sign with LSU, Arizona, Oklahoma State, you know, the list goes on and on. I, I just don't think that that's, you know, for something that's five years old when those guys are four years old when those guys sign, I, I don't know. I think that's a little bit of a reach for me. To join us, 656-9900-656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Our guest, Brent Hubbs. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. From design to installation, the team at Diversified has you covered. View their portfolio online at sunandscreen.com. And today's sports talk is at Land Rover Knoxville, 10215 Parkside Drive. Brent, we have had a little bit of time to separate. There were so many that were able to visit on uh, during the old Miss game. What was what was it that you and your staff heard from in terms of their visits? What they thought uh, of 
Tennessee and, and what they've seen thus far from Josh Heupel and his staff. Well, I think they like to love the ball walk, love the atmosphere, you know, the intensity of the game. You know, uh, obviously, um, big time environment in a night game. You, you know, you had the, the pageantry of Checker Nealand. So I, I think the environment was a great sell for Tennessee. Um, and, and look, offensive players, if you're an offensive player and you're an offensive skill guy, there's not much not to like about, about what, what they're doing. Um, you know, and I think defensively, um, guys, particularly guys in the front seven, like seeing the ability to go make a play. Okay, it's it's not read and react. You're not just gap responsible, squat and kind of sit there. I mean, they're, they're turning those guys loose and getting upfield, aggressive, kind of attacking style. And um, you at least know what it looks like, John. I mean, you know, it, it was one of those things where we talked about this. Okay, so if you're if we're if we're sitting here on the radio in August, going, I don't know what this Tim Banks defense is going to look like. What do you think a kid's thinking? Right? Yeah. Am I going to go play there? I don't even know what it. I mean, I don't know what it is. What are they going to do? Was it? Look? Now you got some tangible stuff, and you throw in a good environment with that. It was good for Tennessee. They had a good number of guys in, um, a lot of twenty threes, twenty fours. You know, some twenty twos in there as well. Uh, some committed players in there. It was it was a good weekend for Tennessee? Um, you know, the Georgia weekend. They'll have some guys in. We'll wait and see exactly what that looks like. They'll have some guys in there, and. Um, you know, we'll see how Tennessee fares in that one. It's obviously a difficult matchup, but because it's a 3:30 game, you'll have an opportunity to get some more guys in on unofficial visits, and Tennessee will certainly try to capitalize on that. Again, if you have a question or comment for Brent, six five six ninety nine hundred. Brent, uh, we we touched on Tennessee struggles on third down. They've also struggled with mobile quarterbacks, and I want to get back to uh, Will Levis. He had 11 carries for 75 yards against LSU. He's had 53 carries on the year. So he hadn't carried a whole lot other than LSU. But do you expect Tennessee to get a steady diet of him running the football? I think they'll get some. Um, you know, steady diet, you know, we'll see. But, I mean, yeah, I think if it's on a third down situation in particular, um, I, I think that that is – I think there's absolutely you better be on alert for that because – why would you not? I mean, I think Tim Banks said this earlier in the week. And until you show you can stop it, it's it you know it's kryptonite. It's an Achilles' heel. He didn't say it that way, but that's my phrasing. You got to prove you can stop it. So I'm sure Will Levis has been told you know this week. Hey, if you first you know you go through your progression, first one's not there, second one's not there. Look you know look out the backside. It's been open all year long. Um, you know keep your keep your eyes open. You might be able to scramble for that first down. I could see some zone read out of them, Jimmy, a, a little bit, um, particularly on third and short situations or third and medium situations. I don't know that they'll run him a lot on first down or second down, but certainly I, I, I think in a possession type down, whether it's long yardage or short yardage, I, I think you got to be mindful of that because Tennessee struggled so hard to stop that. I think it's third and fourth down runs. I think the, in SEC play, Quarterbacks run it, uh, or in the three SEC losses, excuse me, quarterbacks run it 21 times for 175, 178 yards, something like that. On the third down? Yeah, on yeah. third and fourth down. I mean, yeah. they've just been, they've been, it's been, it's not just been you get three yards in a first down. There have been a lot of 15, 18 yard runs there, and uh, Tennessee certainly has to clean that up and be better there. We've seen uh, the Vols basketball team with an exhibition game against Lenore Ryan, raining threes. Uh, your takes takeaways from uh, Tennessee's performance? Well, I'm going to crawl way out on a limb here and say Kennedy Chandler's not bad. <laughs> 
I mean, I, you're I, the only one on that. Well, I, I'm telling you. I, I mean, I know my <laughs> basketball. I mean, Al Brown would be real pleased with me. I know my basketball enough to know. I think Kennedy Chandler might have a chance to make a little money in this game before it's all said and done. Um, really impressive showing. Not surprised. I, I mean, thought he would be a, uh, thought he would have an impact. Be a good player. Um, you know, the the style that they played, shooting the threes. I mean, Rick Barnes felt like in in my conversations with him. Um, at, at Tennessee's basketball media day, feels like this team is a good team that they could, sh- from the standpoint of shooting the basketball, it's not mm-hmm. just one guy. There's multiple guys that they feel like can take three point shots, and he's going to be mad if they don't take the open look. <laughs> he, he's he's comfortable with 35, 40 threes a game. He really, I mean, he's fine with that. And and if you don't, you know, if you're afraid to shoot it, you're probably not going to be in his lineup a whole lot. He wants he wants the ball in the air. He's wanted to play that way for a while. I mean, the idea that everybody's like, well, Rick Barnes is, uh, you know, he's this old school coach that wants everybody to shoot 15-foot jumpers. That's not really what he's been about. He's had teams that that has fit their bill better, okay? Grant Williams, Schofield, particularly early in his career, he expanded his game. But, you know, you like Grant Williams at the elbow, I mean, for three years, right? Everybody was Everybody liked that shot. Get it to Grant at the elbow. And so – that was more to what that team was built. This team's built to shoot the three ball, and um, th- they certainly showed that. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to shoot it great every night, but they certainly believe they're going to have the ability to shoot. The other thing my takeaway, Jimmy, from that is a guy like Euros, was that like, okay, you're not playing very good competition? Has he really improved his game? Because I just think he's going to have to help this team somewhere. When I look at them in the post, I just think there's going to be – I think Huntley Hatfield is going to have some some nights where he's a freshman. You know, there's going to be nights of foul trouble. I think he's going to be a guy that maybe it's not eight minutes a game, but there's going to be a game or two somewhere along the way where he's going to have to make a difference for them. I thought he looked better. Now, you know, will will that show up as the competition gets better? We'll see. He looks to be in better shape. He looks to be more comfortable in this system and and in in playing Rick Barnes' style of basketball than he ever has been. That was a – Kind of a low-key takeaway from that that I'll be curious to watch moving forward. Let's get a call from Ben. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Ben. Hey, guys. Um, First-time caller. Just want to say uh, I really enjoy your show. Um, So thanks for having me on. Uh, Brent, uh, I know you've covered a lot of coaching staffs, and you report out a lot on recruiting efforts made by coaching staffs. What's your opinion of uh, how this coaching staff has recruited versus previous coaching staffs at Tennessee. And I'll, I'll jump off and hear what you have to say. Thank you, guys. Hey, Ben, we really appreciate your listening. Thank you for calling and hope you'll do so again. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a little bit incomplete at this point, and, and, I'm, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad grade or saying anything. But, you know, they got here. They couldn't go out in the spring and do any evaluations. Um, they could bring prospects to campus in June, which they did. They, I mean, Josh Heupel was on the road last week um, during the open date. First time he's been on the road since he's been at Tennessee. First time he's ever had a chance to go out and be in a high school or, or, or be out, really. I mean, he went out, I guess, locally for, yeah. for, that, for the Thursday night game. But first time he's ever been in Nashville, first time he's ever been in Memphis in any schools or anything like that. So that's been a little bit of a challenge and, and or a lot of a challenge. And um, Plus you throw in the investigation questions on top of that that they've had to deal with. Um, you know, noon games don't help with unofficial visitors and, and some of that stuff. But I think this, I think they're, they're making, making inroads. I mean, I, I do. They're, they don't have some of the built-in things that 
um, like Butch Jones had with some of the in-state kids. And that's not to say that Butch Jones didn't work to get those. But you had some you had some ties with some kids to the state of Tennessee that, that made that first class come together pretty quick for you. You know, I mean, Todd Kelly Jr. knows basically everybody in the state. You know, he gets in the boat early and goes to work recruiting for you. And he got in the boat because he grew up wanting to play at Tennessee. And, and I think he would have played for whoever the head coach was at that point. I don't think that was – you know, Butch Jones had to convince him to come play at Tennessee. Um, Tennessee hasn't really had that with with, with this class and, and with where they are. So a lot of catch-up, and um, I, th- I think they're, you know, I think the staff's working, you know, diligently and, and hard at it, and, and I think it's going to be, the proof's going to be more about the 23 and 24 class with, with this with this deal. Because, again, you, you know, when Jeremy Pruitt came here, He's going into territories recruiting kids he he knew when they were freshmen in high school. Mm-hmm. He was just recruiting them for, I guess it was Alabama at the time. I was in Georgia at the time when he was recruiting them. But but he knew who they were. Okay, Josh Heupel hadn't recruited in the state of Tennessee. I mean, when he was at Missouri, he had Memphis. Okay, but he'd been at UCF. UCF doesn't come in and say, hey, let's go to Nashville and get some players. And so you you didn't have a bunch of those guys who come in and said, okay, all right, I'm I'm now at Tennessee. You know who I am. I'm now at Tennessee. Josh Heupel's got a lot of. I'm the new coach at Tennessee. My name's Josh Heupel. I know we've never met before. <laughs> you know, we haven't had a conversation. Rodney Garner's had some of those conversations because he was recruiting in the SEC. But you don't have a ton of that with this staff. We'll get a break and be back with a final segment to hour number three of Sports Talk. Again, our guest Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. A final segment with Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com. Brent's appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. Brent might be up to uh, to do this coming off of an open date, but in terms of what you guys do before each game, the stock watch, who might be some guys who you see as on the rise for Tennessee going into Lexington, Kentucky. Well, I gave my stock up this week to Cedric Tillman because if you'd have told me Cedric Tillman was going to go to Alabama and and, and score twice and, and put up 150 yards or whatever it was receiving, I, I would have not believed it. And that's I'm not trying to be mean to Cedric Tillman. I just didn't I didn't see him having you know that kind of you know potential output and, and having that kind of success. He's had a really good year. That um, this this system seems to work well for him, and and he's finding ways to get open and and they do a nice job with with some routes to help him get open I think and um really impressed with the way he's played this year he he is certainly I think the guy that Hendon Hooker is most comfortable with when he's got to have a play and uh, so he's my stock up my stock down this week was third downs we've talked about that that's got to improve greatly and um my stock stagnant or flat this week was just Tennessee the offensive line health in the run game you know as They've got to run it some against Kentucky, who's solid against the run. Can they do that with this with this whole line? I, I don't know the answer to that because I don't think we've seen them healthy enough against a good opponent to know. Because I no offense to Bowling Green, but I take that out of the equation. I know they ran for a bunch of yards, but they did it. I mean, Cooper Mays was on the sideline for most of that. I haven't seen how good this group can be together and how effective they can be together because they just haven't been able to be healthy to do that. Uh, in regard to um, the situation in Kentucky, when they played Florida, Florida had 15 penalties, eight illegal procedures. Alex Golish talked about avoiding pre-snap penalties. Um, Tennessee needs to play clean in that regard, I would think, to beat Kentucky. Yeah, and Tennessee's had too many of those. 
you know, of their own right. I don't yeah. have the number in front of me, but on the season they're probably approaching 20 pre-snap penalties of either snap infraction, delay a game, illegal procedure, um, false start, whatever, so, of those effects. So um, they're going to have to manage that. They're going to have to stay, you know, and not let the crowd be a, a factor. I thought the crowd was a factor in the Florida game. Mm-hmm. I, I really did. I thought that crowd at Kroger Field bothered Florida. Yep. Uh, Florida looked like a team that hadn't played on the road in two years, um, you know, and, and weren't ready for crowd noise. Uh, Tennessee's been at Alabama. Um, they had a couple of, of penalties there back-to-back that put them in a bad spot, which you just cannot allow those to happen. They kind of lost their way with that in the second half. So you're exactly right, Jimmy. They're, they're going to have to clean that up. They cannot have a bunch of penalties uh, and put themselves in long yardage situations and, and allow uh, Kentucky to get a little exotic with some pressures and do some different things that way because this, you know, this is a team that's given up a bunch of sacks this year. And um, – you don't want to be in a third and long situation where Kentucky can can do some different stuff. Um, Mark, Mark Stoops is a defensive coach. Uh, they'll play that umbrella coverage until he's ready to attack, and then they'll come with something that you probably haven't seen before because he does some exotic things. Need to avoid that, so you need to avoid those pre-snap penalties. I've never covered a up-tempo offense like this before, so excuse my ignorance. I wonder <laughs> if most teams that run up-tempo – are more likely to have more illegal procedure penalties because sometimes they just don't get set. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I, th- I think if you look at Josh Heupel's history, at Central Florida they were a team that was that was penalized a, a decent mm-hmm. amount. They, they weren't, were. I mean, but I, I have not looked at all those penalties to go, were they holds, were they right. pass interference, uh, you know, was right. it defensive penalties? I, I don't know what the breakdown of that number is. But I do think there are times where you can go, you can go too fast. You can get yourself in trouble, um, you know. And, and, and the center's got to set that. You know, he's got to get there and got to get everybody set. Um, and, and the quarterback's got to be really aware of those receivers. Yeah. I, I wonder how many of those have occurred. And, and again, I don't. We'll get we we'll get Austin Price on this. He needs something to do we, that that you can look at. You can look at how many of those are second half penalties. Is there a fatigue factor that sets in? Now I think back to the Bowling Green game and Jerome Carvin was flagged for I think basically back to back holding penalties late in the first half, and I thought Tennessee looked a bit tired there on the offense. Was that because of the, were those penalties because of fatigue? I don't know. Were those penalties in the second half against Alabama for the false starts, was that related to fatigue or was that crowd noise? I don't really answer that. I'd be curious to see what their penalty numbers look like in the second half offensively with the pre-step stuff compared to the first half. Good question. Brent, what's going on these days at VolQuest.com? Well, we've got, obviously, coverage up today from the news that Tennessee is not going to have a bowl ban uh, this fall and the fact that their investigation is over. We have more on that uh, up on the site. Plenty of stuff from basketball today, some practice highlights. Rick Barnes and his team met with the media, and uh, we got to view a little bit of practice today. So we've got that up. We've got comments from um, Josh Heupel up. We've got Rob's matchup piece is getting ready to go here. If it's not already up right now, uh, getting you ready for Tennessee and Kentucky, and then we'll have our onslaught of coverage tomorrow and Saturday to get you ready for Saturday night between Tennessee and the Kitty Cats. Always appreciated, Brent. What would it take for us to put you in this wonderful machine that's right behind you? Well, you need to go out to your car and get that check. And come <laughs> in here, and I'll be more than happy to drive that thing away. Okay? So you can you can just make it out to uh, Range Rover of Knoxville, care of Brent Hub. 
Cubs, and I will be more than happy to take uh, that uh, outstanding, awesome-looking vehicle out this showroom here. You've always wanted to give me a gift. Hey, it's, it's the trophy edition. You we'll, deserve it. We'll we'll <laughs> call it my fiftieth birthday gift, and we'll not tell anybody when I'm going to be fifty. How about that? Yeah. Gosh. You're on the downhill side. <laughs> you're telling me you're not writing a check is what you're telling me. Thanks, John. Not just yet. We'll get it closer to 5-0. <laughs> Brent, thank you so much. All right. Thanks, guys. That's, Appreciate it. That's Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen.